0: A reading from the letter of Paul to the Ephesians. Putting away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members one of another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up their stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly with their own hands so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander, together with all malice, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God and Christ has forgiven you. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. This is the word of the Lord. Jesus said,
1: I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Then the Judeans began to complain about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not complain among yourselves. No one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me. And I will raise that person up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord. Good morning. morning. It's great to see you all here, especially a warm welcome to the Boshe family and all of their extended family and to Dylan, who is going to be baptized today. It's great to have you. How appropriate that we have a gospel reading which comes out of the very center of what Christians have come to call across the centuries, the sacramental life that's fancy theological language for a life that is re-centered, if you will, in Christ. The life to which we are all called in baptism. And by way of contrast, today we have this story from the sagas of King David. David, who was anointed by God to be king over Israel. Reluctantly anointed, you might say, going all the way back to his predecessor, Saul. Those of you who have been here over the past several weeks have heard the whole story from start to finish. It all began with an argument that Samuel had with the elders of Israel over their desire to find a king. And Samuel warned them, it's a package deal, folks. And their response was basically, we want to be like other people around us. We want to have a king too. We want to be like other people around us. There's a whole strand of theology which I won't bore you with today, but it's rooted in the theories of René Girard who is a sociologist in a way and a philosopher in another way and his theory is called mimetic theory. Mimetic meaning to imitate And what's compelling about it is it captures something that is very basic about who we are as human beings, and that is that we like to imitate others. And in fact, much of the problem in the world and much of the violence in the world can boil down to our desire to be like other people, to have what they have, to do what they do, to be in positions of power, like they are. From that root comes much of our sense of competition and desire. And it's very basic, it's very primatial, you might say. It's what primates do, we imitate one another, and we try to be like one another in all ways. The theology to derive from that is to recognize that that is just the basic part of who we are. And so the question of our lives is not whether or not we try to imitate others. The question is, who do we imitate or be like? And that language of the mimetic idea is actually embedded in today's letter to the Ephesians. where the author says, imitate God, the Greek word is mimetai, mimic God. If you don't mimic God, you're going to mimic somebody else. Who is that going to be? Jesus today is confronted again by the partisans who are constantly confronting him in the Gospel of John, the Eudaioi, which sadly in the West has often been translated into English as the Jews, although that is a very poor blanket translation for the term. Sometimes it means that, but sometimes it means something more specific than that. In this instance it probably means the Judeans this group of Jews who come from the southern part of ancient Israel and are connected with the temple apparatus. Jesus is a Jew as well, of course, but Jesus is from Galilee. And he's back in his home country in this part of John. And these partisans who are connected with the temple apparatus in Jerusalem confront him and challenge him. Why? Well, they know his folks. They know his parents, and if Jesus was a good firstborn son, he would have taken up carpentry and stayed close to Nazareth or Capernaum, which we think maybe his parents moved to when he was a little bit older, and just set up shop and taken up his family vocation, and life would have gone on as usual. But instead, Jesus stepped out of his boundaries and did a walkabout, the Australians might say, and came back completely changed and brought this entourage with him and then he's got a huge following of crowds behind him. So he is way out of bounds by the conservative traditions of his day and more than that, he is challenging the authorities in Jerusalem and even more than that, he's saying outlandish things like he has come down from heaven. Now even today, if any of us said that, You know, most people around would probably think we were crazy. Jesus' response to the Judean's challenge is very simple. He says, don't worry about it. In essence, he says, don't complain among yourselves. It's not worth it. At a deeper level, he's saying, I know you don't get it. How could you? Because you are imitating the authorities, and the ways of the world as they have been inherited. And what are the ways of the world about? They are about blood ties. They are about power. They are about minding your place in the society, sticking to your box, and not stepping out at all. And then Jesus goes on to talk about how the sacramental life is a whole different world, a whole different way of being, a way of being, incidentally, into which we are about to baptize Dylan. Jesus says, those who see God in me, in Jesus, will understand what I'm saying, and those who don't, won't. As he says elsewhere in the Gospels, let those who have ears to hear, listen. Or as we like to say in the West, if the shoe fits, wear it. He's using the language of this new family of God. A family, incidentally, of which we are all a part in the sacramental life. Look around you. This is your family. A much bigger one than the one you were born into, right? A much more diverse one. Ones, as the author to the Ephesians might point out, that include thieves, repentant sinners, people you wouldn't ordinarily associate with. That's what you're signing up for, Dylan. You just never know who you might run into who has joined the family of God But as the author to the Ephesians points out, all of those things that come from the world are set aside in this new family. We become something else altogether. We become the creatures God has intended us to be. And instead of imitating the ways of the world now, we begin to imitate the life of God. That is the sacramental life. Jesus tells us the sign of that sacramental life is baptism on the one hand and also communion on the other. The symbol of bread is not new with Jesus, it's a very old scriptural symbol, it is the symbol of God's word. Amos talks about it at one point, that old grumpy prophet Amos, when he talks about a famine in the land and he says it is a famine because God's word has not been heard for a long time. That's why there is no bread. Bread is that symbol of God's word and Jesus says that he has come to embody that. So when we come forward for communion and we partake in that bread we are saying, yes, I will set aside imitating the ways of the world and begin to imitate the ways of God in Christ. And there I will find new life. And in fact, what Jesus promises is life Everlasting. Let that challenge you this day. Let that be your call to grace and to new life, just as it is Dylan's call this day, call of all of us who support him in taking up the sacramental life, embracing this new life given for the world by God in Christ. The ways of the world are death Four one five three eight eight one nine zero seven, or visit us online at our Savior MV That's O U R S A V I O U R M V for Mill Valley We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.